People long to know what the future holds. Have you ever thought that? If you just knew what would happen in advance, things would be better for you? Well, what people really need to know is the one who holds the future. The Bible reveals everything we need to know about the future. It assures us that God's eternal plan will be worked out in his providence and according to his will. Stephen called this lesson a conversation about the end times. Well, today we set sail into the most interesting prophetic portion of the gospel accounts. Jesus has predicted the coming desolation of Jerusalem, and as the Lord and his disciples now walk over toward the Mount of Olives, the gospels of Mark and Luke record that that they're admiring the magnificence and the beauty of the temple. Here in Matthew's account, Jesus responds in chapter 24 and verse 2 by making this prediction. Truly, I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Well, with that, they reach the Mount of Olives where they have a a rather spectacular view of the temple and Jesus sits down to rest. The disciples ask him here in verse 3, well, tell us. When will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, remember, beloved, uh, they aren't anticipating Jesus dying and certainly rising from the dead, though they should be by now. They're still wondering when Jesus will manifest himself as Israel's reigning Messiah. When are you going to take the throne? See, we need to understand that the disciples have no concept of the rapture, which at this point hadn't been revealed. They're equally confused about the second coming of Christ. Just like the Old Testament prophets, by the way, they have no knowledge of the dispensation of the church age, which has now lasted some 2,000 years. They don't know anything about the rapture that ends that church age as we know it. The disciples think that Jesus is going to bring in the kingdom, and it's going to happen any day now. You might remember in Acts chapter 1 and verse 6, the disciples asked the resurrected Lord just before he ascends back to heaven, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So keep that in mind here. These future elements, a rapture, a tribulation, a thousand-year reign, they're all going to be revealed in the years to come more fully as the New Testament is completed. When Jesus says to the disciples here that the stones of the temple will be dismantled in a great devastation, he's referring to the coming destruction of the temple that will take place in A.D. 70 at the hands of the Roman army. But now, Jesus goes on to describe the tribulation that will precede his return, not, not in the clouds to rapture his church, but when he returns all the way to earth to set up his kingdom, described in Revelation chapter 19. Now, the main point to remember here is that Jesus is describing in Matthew 24 the tribulation period, that seven-year time of trouble that comes upon the earth following the rapture. That's the great event Paul describes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Well, now here in Matthew chapters 24 and 25, we have what's called the Olivet 
discourse. It's a conversation on the Mount of Olives between the Lord and his disciples, and it relates to the tribulation period and then the Lord's return at the end of the tribulation to establish his kingdom on earth. Mark and Luke now give us a condensed version of this discourse. So I want to follow Matthew's fuller account in his gospel. So now listen as Jesus describes the coming tribulation here in verse 4. See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Now, this has misled a lot of people over the years because Jesus uses the pronoun you throughout this passage. He's speaking to his disciples as if they are going to go through this period of time. They won't, of course. This message is intended for all the believers who will have accepted Christ during the tribulation. The Bible tells us that many people will come to faith in Christ after the rapture of the church, and many of them will be Jewish uh, people. The events Jesus outlines here in Matthew's gospel are signs of his approaching return at the end of the tribulation. In fact, the Lord calls them here birth pains, meaning the end is not here yet. It's not, not being delivered yet, but it's, it's coming. It's near. Now, the Lord gives special warnings to Jewish followers of Christ during the tribulation. Again, he's using the pronoun you to refer to that audience in the future who will be reading this passage. He says here in verse 9, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. In other words, because of their faith in Christ, Jewish believers especially are going to become a a target of the Antichrist and and a God-hating world at large. There's going to be a general falling away from the truth by those who initially profess faith in Christ, betrayal, persecution, the threat of death, deception by false prophets, lawless immorality, and and violence is, is really just going to grip this world during the tribulation. Think about it. The church is gone. The restraining influence of the Holy Spirit through millions of Christians is going to disappear overnight, and the wickedness of the world will ignite like never before. In spite of this rather horrific prediction, there are two rays of hope for believers during these days. First, those who endure to the end will be saved, Jesus says here in verse 13. Many believers are going to be martyred for their faith, but those believers who physically survive the tribulation are going to live to see Jesus Christ return with his redeemed. And they will together enter the kingdom era of Christ, and those on earth who survive the tribulation will enter in their physical bodies. In fact, it's going to be these millions of believers who've come to Christ during the tribulation over whom we, the church, will co-reign with Christ in his coming glorious kingdom. Now, here in verse 14, we have the second ray of hope. The Lord also predicts that this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed 
throughout the whole world before the end comes. In other words, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of his kingdom, is going to be proclaimed worldwide during the tribulation. People will come to faith in Christ by the millions. Well, now Jesus then warns here in verse 15 of the abomination of desolation. Well, what exactly is that? The Old Testament prophet Daniel mentions in chapter 9 of his book, and he places this abomination in the very middle of the tribulation, and he attributes it in verse 26 to the prince who is to come. Now, this is the one we call the Antichrist. So during the tribulation, he's going to ascend to a position of worldwide dictatorship. But at the midpoint of the tribulation, he's going to break his peace treaty with Israel. He's going to desecrate the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem. And as 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 4 tells us, he's going to declare himself to be God. Jesus is actually issuing a warning here to believers living in and around Jerusalem during the tribulation. This isn't for us, it's for them. And he tells them to flee. Why? Well, the abomination of desolation is going to initiate a period of severe persecution of all who refuse to worship him as the Antichrist, and especially he's going to persecute the Jewish believers. He's going to try to exterminate them, thus void the promises of Christ to reestablish the nation of Israel. So here in the Olivet Discourse, Jesus makes it clear that seven years of great trouble are going to come upon the earth just prior to his return to establish his thousand-year kingdom on earth. That time of trouble, that seven-year period is going to be a time of testing, especially for Israel. It's going to actually prepare Israel, bring them to repentance. They're going to believe in Christ, and then they're going to rejoice when they see the Lord returning, the prophet said, the one whom they pierced. This time, there will be no crucifixion. There will be a coronation of King Jesus. Now, if you've trusted in Christ today, you're going to be kept from that period of tribulation. You're going to be raptured to meet Christ in the clouds if it happens today or soon while we're living. We're going to be taken to the Father's house, which is heaven And let me tell you, I personally believe that that while the tribulation is taking place on earth, we're going to be in heaven, and we'll be undergoing special training for our assignments when we then descend with the Lord at the end of the tribulation to co-reign with him in his coming kingdom. Well, with that, we're out of time for today. Until our next wisdom journey, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davey, and he called this lesson a conversation about the end times. He'll continue through the Gospels and then all the rest of God's Word in the days and weeks ahead. I encourage you to listen each day as we travel through the Bible together. If you have a prayer need, we'd be honored to pray for you. We have a team of people who pray by name for every request that comes to our ministry.
How can we pray for you? Let us know. The easiest way for you to submit your request is to visit wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. We'd also be very thankful if you prayed for us. Our ministry is empowered by prayer. As people listen to these lessons and access the other resources we provide, we rely on the Holy Spirit. He takes the truth of His Word and brings about true and lasting change. That's our desire for you and for everyone who listens. On that webpage, we provide information about how you can pray wisely for our ministry. You can also sign up to receive prayer requests by email. That web address, once again, is wisdomonline.org forward slash prayer. Please visit there today. Then join Stephen back here next time as he continues this wisdom journey. 